Let me tell you how it will be We'll all catch up on the books you'll see Cause it's the X-Men Yeah, it's the X-Men Hello and welcome to episode 176 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Jim, and I'm going to be talking about two X-Men books. This is the X-Men catch-up episode where I'm going to go through New Mutants number three and X-Force number three. Quickly, I'll tell you where you can find us, though. You can find us on the intranets on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. If you follow us, we will follow you back. We also have a website where we review almost all of the new books that come out from Marvel each and every week, with more coming out as we're going out of this whole shutdown. And that is WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. We also have a Patreon account where you can go to support us for all of the episodes and shows on this feed, but also get a ton ton of other episodes and shows in return and that is patreon.com slash weird science where we have over 1100 exclusive episodes by now and that is crazy but one of the things that we do each and every week that would be something i would hope people listening to this would like is our marvel comics patreon only spotlight that we do two books picked by the bad butts of the fresh start croup beep boop and this past week we ended up continuing the trend of doing one new and one classic book we'll keep doing this until we get more new books each week probably around july it actually seems where we might end up being able to go back to having two new books but still i like doing some of the classics with new and this past week we ended up doing Hawkeye Freefall number five and Werewolf by Night number 32, an issue that ends up having Moon Knight in it fighting Jack Russell, the Werewolf by Night. But it is an X-Men catch-up episode, so here we go off to New Mutants number three. And New Mutants number three is written by Ed Brisson, art by Flaviano, a name that I like saying, Flaviano. Colors by Carlos Lopez and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. And if you've been listening to these catch-up episodes, I had mentioned New Mutants a bunch of times, saying that at first I was having problems getting my bearings with the whole team also the team being in space but after two issues i actually felt comfortable with what i was reading what i was talking about i was starting to learn the characters more i was starting to have fun in space and even mention that it's one of those books that i was enjoying more than i thought i would because it was taking place in space away from all of the i hate to say nonsense but away from what most of the books are dealing with, with Krakoa and the portals and the Hellfire Club, all this, having them in space, it, it felt different. It felt fresh. So when I jumped into this issue, number three, I was excited to read, especially because this episode, New Mutants and X-Force, these are books that I have been enjoying, especially X-Force. But this New Mutants, all right, let's sunspot, let's go off, Shire Space, let's do it. And then they switch gears on me. And this is something that has been happening to me in a bunch of these books, mainly the main X-Men book. Every time I go into that, it seems like there's Jonathan Hickman pulling the rug from under my feet and laughing at me when I fall. I'm a klutz. You, you pull that carpet rug, I'm falling. 
And I felt like that when I first started reading. Now, I'll tell you, Armor and Glob are a main focus in this book, and I do know them. I know them from a bunch of stuff that me and Brandon covered on the podcast before this whole Hickman revamp. So it's not the characters that, you know, set me off or the characters that ended up making me confused. It was just the tone and just the shift in focus again. And I want to get behind all these books and I want to be able to say to myself, hey, I can't wait for that next issue of New Mutants because we're doing this and that. And I like that character and this character. And all of a sudden you switch it up on me and it did end up. I'll be honest, it pissed me off. It really did when I started reading and I read through it. And usually for this podcast, I end up reading the issues usually two or three times. And then just behind the scenes when I'm recording, I usually mess up at some point and just totally re-record everything. So by the time you end up hearing the finished product, whether or not it sounds like it, I've gone through the issues a bunch of times. I will tell you, each time I went through this issue, I was a little less pissed off. I'm not going to say that I think this is the most integral issue of all the things that I've done since we did Hawks and Pox and all this. It's not. But I end up liking it as a nice issue. And when we end up having these two together, the New Mutants and X-Force, the X-Force, that's a dark book. That's a dark issue. There's a lot of dark stuff going on in that book. So this actually lightened the mood a little, and I had some fun with it. Now, saying that, it does bring up some weird ideas that I didn't think of before, but if I did, I wouldn't have thought that they'd go quite this way. But you end up with this recap that's really not a recap because we're starting a new story. Say, no mutant is an island. The nation of Krakow is a safe haven for mutant kind. But there are still mutants who haven't come to the island. And why would anyone want to miss out on paradise? Well, reading that, having read all the others up until this point, I immediately think, well, there's probably guns at at the portal. You know, the gateways are being guarded by bad governments that there's a lot of mutants that probably aren't on Krakoa because of reasons that they can't even control. And we've seen it. We've seen that throughout this so far. Uh, But when you end up asking that question, to me, it seems as if you should have a running tally of all the mutants through the Cerebro, get it out, because you end up having Charles send out the invitation to everybody that I would think that there'd be a record of, okay, this person actually came to Krakow, but then they left and haven't come back. Or these three people from Brazil Uh, You know, they never arrive. So what's going on with Brazil? Are these people from Russia, which we've seen at points where the portal was got, okay, let's go check this out. And also, I would think that this would be something that, say, the Marauders would be involved with, where Kate has been going. Now, mainly, we haven't seen it as much in the last couple of days, but that's their thing. They go and get them. So the idea of this is being put out, okay, well, if the mutants aren't here, why wouldn't they? Why are they skipping out on paradise? And you're kind of shoving aside a lot of the bad reasons that we've seen up until now to just pretty much go with, oh, they just mean the ones who could come. Why didn't they? Why aren't they here? And if 
feels a little off. Now, in a little bit, there's something else that feels off, especially in the time frame of this issue leading into the X-Force issue, the next one that I'm going to be talking about. But you do get Armor and Glob. They're going around. Armor's just sitting there, and she's thinking about a thing. It's it's what a lot of the mutants, Scott, has thought of this. You had a lot of them like, man, this is paradise. This is great. We used to be on the run. We used to, but we were always together. But now we're together happy. Nobody's after us. This is awesome. Though, as she's saying this, Xavier has been shot dead. and so, But so, you know what I mean. That kind of bothers me as well. But she's there, and it's the younger characters, Glob and her are there. They're having their own version of the Burning Man there. There's like seven Burning Men on this Krakoa. Uh, and you even see Glob at one point where Armor's talking, looks back, Glob's gone. Glob is off dancing with Pixie, having getting down too. He's got some moves. And you end up finding out through the deal in the next the next scene where Glob does kind of have it for Pixie. And, you know, do you think that Pixie would, would you know, like me if I asked her? Well, you got to ask her. And it kind of leaves it at that. But it's nice. I, I like Glob. He's great. And I like to see him get a little character work here, get a little focus, get a little spotlight. So you end up, though, where Armor goes off to Sage. She's been thinking about all this. And Sage is the one who can just go through and look in the database. And they'll figure out, Who isn't there? Who is there? Again, I would have thought they'd have this by now, but Armor goes off and says, hey, uh, Sage, you know, I was thinking about something before and it it, like, well, the the mutants that aren't here, I want to figure out who they are so I can kind of go and check up on them again, kind of seems like a, you know, a Marauders thing a little. Uh, And they start going through the roster and it's too quick for me because you end up Bishop. He's accounted for. And I really, what I need is Ben Stein to be there from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Dazzler. Dazzler. That's what I want. Dazzler, though, is accounted for. You ended up seeing her. She's always at the Burning Man every night. You end up even saying that armor. I saw her yesterday. I saw her last night dancing around. Okay, well, how about Beak? Beak? No, he's not. And really, it seems forced because you go with two in your face bishop dazzler and then beak oh beak's not here how about how about angel angel here angel salvador no angel salvador isn't here either and their kids no their kids aren't here and that's the end of that really what i would have rather have had here if armor's sitting around going you know what you know who'd like this beak you know i haven't seen him have you seen angel either or their kids i Huh, I'm going to go check on this and then go and check to see. I would have rather have it been that. That would have felt more natural to me because Armor does know all about Beak and Angel and the kids. I haven't seen them in a while, but no. And when she ends up saying like, okay, well, they're in Nebraska. All right, well, I, I could probably go there, but I'm going to need some medicine because I have a feeling I know why they're not here. So I'm going to get some of this Krakoan meds before we head off you have sages like please i'm done helping you and that's where you try to make it less forced where beak angel their kids you know what i gotta get back to work all right just just give us beak angel and the kids before just have it but she goes off and this is where it feels weird as well because throughout all of this dawn of x and really it comes up a lot in the Fallen Angels book with Psylocke and X-23 and Kid Cable, where every time they leave the island, they got to go to Sinister, they got to sneak around. They end up even saying, look, when we leave, 
We may not be allowed back. All of this seems like leaving the island, in my mind up until this point, it's a big thing. It's something that's not taken lightly. It's something that really doesn't go on a lot when you just have just normal people. But the other thing, though, is is at this point, at least in my mind, because this comes out and then X-Force the same week here, you still have Charles at least dead or he's just resurrected. And they put a shutdown. They put a shutdown on going back and forth and all around town here. And so the idea that Armor's just going to grab Glob and head off to Nebraska just to check in on somebody, it seems like it's not a big enough thing for it to be allowed. And that kind of bothered me as well. But to get the medicine, you end up having uh, Armor go off to talk to Roberto Sunspot. He ain't there. We know he isn't there. We're reading the book that he's in space. So she goes, he's not there. But in his room is Boom Boom, who's there. It looks like she's maybe taking his items from him, going through his stuff. I think she has his espy there. He is an espy, does he? But you end up where... Hey, Boom Boom, what's going on? Oh, uh, hey, Armor, I'm just looking through uh, the room for a pen. You know, a pen. I'm not really going through things, though. And you end up having Armor, oh, you know, I'm going to, I wish Roberto was here. I need some medicine. I'm heading off to do something. What, an adventure? Uh, Well, it's in Nebraska. Ooh, Nebraska. That, That doesn't sound that adventurous, actually. But I could probably do the adventure of getting you the medicine. And I think that this setup, not necessarily just to get the medicine from Boom Boom. By the end of the issue, I'll, I'll spoil it. Stuff goes really bad. And I do believe that this is just so. Boom Boom, who seems very bored and wants adventure, will eventually end up, hey, I think I'll go off to Nebraska and check out what's going on and may end up saving the day next Issue And now, again, I, I could have looked. I didn't look into this, this especially I just told you I, I thought we were going to be in space this issue. So they, they go off and you end up having uh, armor get the medicine and her and Glob are going to go off to Nebraska to see what's up with Beak and Angel and their kids. And as they are going, they end up running into and something that I actually like you end up where you have those two children of the corn that, that ended up joining into all this when it first started out. And I'm talking about Manon and Maxime, Maxim, I guess. I always want to say Maxime, but Maxim. And yeah, they're those two, two mutant children of the corn kids. And they come up, hey, what's going on? Can we come along? And they're like, well, we're, we're going off. We're going to talk to some friends and see why they aren't coming to crack hole. We want to figure this out. And they're like, oh man, we could help out with that. I mean, both of us, me and my brother, like we could end up actually making them excited to come to Krakoa. And then we could even make them think they were at Krakoa already and they just have to go back. And I, yeah, you can come along. That's fine. But you know, we don't want you mind wiping, mind screwing our friends. So you just come along and we'll have a grand old time. They do end up then going through the gateway to Nebraska and end up, you know, meeting up with Beak and Angel and the kids and everybody's a little bigger now and you end up having armor. Oh my God, the kids are so much bigger now. It it, it can't be that long. I mean, they grow so fast and you have all this and you get to the point pretty quickly and it's a nice scene where you end up armor and Beak, you know, Sitting there, they they press their heads together and, and they're enjoying the company. And it's nice to see old friends. And like, hey, um, 
like, why didn't you come to Krakoa? And Beak's like, well, you know, we couldn't. And you go and see that their parents are sick. You end up having his father is very, very sick. And he is probably going to die. He has a disease called Manus Motricium Dementia. And there is a page that spells out exactly what MMD is. It's bad. It's really bad. And it says most people don't survive more than, say, six months after getting this. Now, again, you end up having this idea of everybody going to Krakoa. We're going to have these drugs. Now, I wish that it was more spelled out in this because you would have thought that maybe Beaker Angel could have went to Krakoa then, gotten some drugs and brought them back. But I wish that it was more spelled out of the idea, well, I didn't want to leave my father, and they're not mutants, so they can't just go get it. And when we tried to get it through the proper channels, there's too many people trying to get to them. There's a back order, and they they said that we couldn't start for seven months, and I don't think my dad's going to have enough time with that. So I ended up just wanting to stay with him for his last days here. Uh, Again, I wish that this was better spelled out because pretty much – You end up having armor. Oh, well, I brought some medicine with me. You know, didn't you hear that we have all this medicine on Krakoa? Here, take it. And you end up having his father pretty much wake up out of a coma. All of a sudden, he's not better right away. And I do actually like the point of view deal of actually seeing the medicine being used. We've been talking about it a lot. We've been, you know, banding it about all sorts of ways. But this actually shows you it being used. And I like that. And so you end up having it that it's not going to make Beak's father better right away, but he'll gradually start getting better. He may need therapy and things like that because this was a really bad disease, but he'll be ready to go. And from there, he can start up and get better. Well, so you have that. Okay, well, where is the conflict here? Where where is anything going on? And what you end up having is pretty much a piece of crap group of, I guess, supremacists that show up, grab Beacon Angel's kids because they were just playing outside, grab them, put guns up to their heads and say, okay, you mutant freaks, get out here. And now again, like I said earlier about the idea of, you know, hey, Sage, what are the people who aren't here? And you go boom, boom, and then get right to Angel and Beak, it seemed forced. You end up having these guys show up saying, hey, you muties, get out here because we want medicine right after they give medicine to Beak's father. It seems too on point. It seems too much of a coincidence to happen right afterwards and then having to explain to them pretty much these guys, like not every mutant hoards the medicine, but it's also showing you that these mutants who are not going to Krakoa, not going to they are a target and pretty much should skedaddle their butts off to Krakoa. But you know, these guys, they're all pieces of crap, all tattooed up. And the the one guy looks like such a douchebag. But you end up having the kids with a gun up to their head and, and angels freaking out. I can't believe it. They have guns to our baby's heads. Beak actually says, listen, you're the rock. Please, you, you can't go and, and go nuts here because I rely on you. I'm the one who's supposed to be the weak one. You're the strong one. But in the meantime, you end up having our mutants head out glob, the kids, the twins and armor go out and just basically say, listen, you guys better stop. We can talk this out, whatever is going on here. But 
you better stop. This main guy says, okay, so I'm to take that you're the main, you know, mutant here that we're going to talk. You can talk for all of them, okay, because we want medicine. We want it now. We're killing all these kids. And you end up having them say, you know, we can't really do that. And then they shoot a missile. Pretty much a bazooka. But boom, armor does activate. The armor jumps up, takes the hit of the missile to save everybody else and the house. And we find out that that is pretty much what we see a lot in a lot of these books. It is a missile that dampens the powers. It takes away armor's powers for a couple hours. So she is vulnerable right there. And you have these guys basically saying, you're going to give us this medicine or the kids and you will die. And you end there. And I just imagine Boom Boom's just going to be coming through that gateway and it is going to lay the smack down uh, on these guys. But we'll see. And and the art's great. The art's even even the douchebag. He looks great by the end. But yeah, it's it's a nice little issue. You end up seeing it. It's a more personal issue. It's It's one of those where you end up having... Not the big things. And that's, again, I'll I'll point out that this is why I was liking the new mutants in space. It does continue that whole vibe of being more of a down-to-earth or down-to-space deal of just the team having them work. And I like seeing armor and globs. So overall, it's not bad. It just wasn't what I was expecting or wanting at this point. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. And hopefully people aren't mad at me. I didn't look to see what people rated this on the comic book roundup i was wondering and i was going to check before but i did not but i'm going to move off now to the book that i have really been enjoying and now i have to say with the marauders last issue kind of dealing more with sebastian shaw i do think that the x-force book is my favorite book now and you know how it is when you end up Having it's like having kids where people say, I could never choose my fit. I choose all the time and it changes all the time. It's whoever's doing something for me. It's, you know, what have you done for me lately? It's just the way I'm doing with these books with the kids. And so, right now, I think X Force, it feels like the most important book. And it also is a good story. I like the characters in it. It all wraps up into being my favorite one. And this is at number three, written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Joshua Casera, colors by Guru FX, and letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. It is X Force number three, the Skeleton Key, it's called. And I'll give you a little bit of the recap here. Pain don't hurt. Sounds like wrong turn. He said cuts don't hurt. Mutants around the world are flocking to the island nation of Krakow for safety, security, and to be seen, and to be part of the first mutant society. Using skin grafts from Domino's body to fool Krakoa's defenses, pretty badass move. A mercenary strike team infiltrated the island and assassinated Professor X, destroying his cerebral helmet in the process. Jean Grey and Beast retrieved a backup cerebro that Professor had installed in the case of his demise. Meanwhile, Wolverine and Kid Omega followed the assassin's trail to South Korea, where they found a biomanufacturing plant full of half-grown killers and Domino half-flayed and clinging to life. And and what really gets me when we end up seeing Domino is that missing eye, that empty socket. Just It, it bothers me so much. And where I'm going to mention something just as an aside right now. Do you think, and, and in this issue, you do end up getting this concept of do you think that we end up getting a little too overboard and overzealous because 
the mutants can be brought back. You end up with Beast and Jean Grey talking about this and talking about the concept of now that we know that we're pretty much, you know, invincible overall and immortal maybe because we can keep getting resurrected is this going to lead us to think that we're a little better is it going to lead us getting into situations we normally wouldn't and they have the debate with that what i want to know though is what do you do say you're a domino what would just say that it's just me with my mutant power to annoy people then that's really my mutant power and say i'm on krakoa and i slip and fall off a cliff and i don't die but I end up where I'm paralyzed and I end up half of my face is ripped off, but I'm still alive. When is the process of them saying or me saying like, I, I need to get back to my normal self? Like when you see Domino here, is it something where they're going to have where Domino says, I don't like going around without an eye and my skin and all. And so I just want to be killed so I can come back. And I wonder if that's going to be something that comes up, because if I fell off the cliff, I would want to come back as my sexy self, though not so sexy, according to most people. But you end up jumping into this issue. And the big things in this whole book are Professor X. Are we going to be able to bring him back? And and really, when he comes back, I hope that you end up doing with the Cerebro and all the things like I like to think if I was granted three wishes and for my first wish, I asked for a thousand more wishes, you know, that whole ploy. I hope that after this, they figure out a concrete way that never can fail to bring Xavier back because he's going to be a target anywhere he goes. Also get like 7 million of these Cerebros going, right? Just have them all over the place. But you end up that and also Domino and you had Kid Omega off with Wolverine going to figure out what was going on in this, you know, human weapon factory and then finding the body of Domino. She's still alive, but she is worse for wear. You know, she she got real ugly. Uh, but you end up with one of the things and it's reminded right away that Kid Omega, there's some sort of dampener going on. He can't use his awesome abilities. And he likes to tell you how awesome they are every step of the way. Uh, meanwhile, Wolverine, you can't dampen claws and he is slicing and dicing through just awful, just limbs and parts and entrails everywhere, but they have to get Domino out and you do end up having Wolverine just smash her out. Wow. Kinemega continues. And it's really Benjamin Percy's really stressing this deal of, Kid Omega really going overboard with the talk of the mutants are gods. The humans are pathetic. The humans are nothing. Look what they did. And Wolverine has to keep saying to him at one point in last issue, he said, if Xavier heard you talk like this, he'd slap you right in your face. And here he says, you know, like Xavier says, everybody has good and bad. You can't go with this nonsense. You know what they did to Domino We've had some mutants do some pretty bad things to humans as well, but they do get Domino out and they want to get her out. They need to get her to Krakoa. They need to get her out of here. She is just skin ripped off. No eye, all that stuff going on. And then they pretty much get attacked by Resident Evil 3's nemesis. He just comes in. He's huge. He's just this huge bunch of you know, muscle and, and sinew. And it's just this big nemesis who comes in 
if he ended up having Kid Omega have his ability, it wouldn't be that hard here, but he doesn't. So they have to run. And and Wolverine says that's basically like, what should we do, Wolverine? Uh, what we should do is run and run fast. Let's get out of here. Well, in the meantime, you switch back to Krakoa and end up seeing that the whole Cerebro is fine. They're taking this to this new body of Xavier. He is going to be resurrected. He seems fine, fine enough as we go. And he comes out of the goo. He's got it all in him. I, I just wonder why, just because they're in these egg type cook it doesn't mean that when they come out it has to look like runny yolk makes me gag but that comes out and we see him you know rising up out of that and then we go back to the action of nemesis versus old kid omega and wolverine wolverine's carrying domino they're running they're trying to get out and what ends up happening is Kid Omega's like, we got to get far away. We get somewhere the dampeners. We got to get away from it. And that's where Domino pretty much saves the day by saying, power inhibitor. She has one of those collars on her. Wolverine just cuts it off. And the minute that it goes off, the Lux back, boom, they end up where Kid Omega has his powers. And he produces a giant missile launcher that now ends up destroying and winning resident evil 3 he's just won he's just done it and so yeah you have that go and and they're gonna get out of there and go back to krakoa now there is a mystery going on and, and the mystery of what's going on with the you know the guy with the sleeve uh, of the peacocks you know the peacock tattoos and things like that i was trying to figure out what, what, what was that bird was it a, oh a peacock yeah and so you have like who's that who is this big giant like underground cabal of humans that are after the mutants who did send these assassins well you end up having that one assassin if you remember they they were able to save one the wolverine it pretty much almost made it to the point where they wouldn't have had anybody to talk to and you had that one in last issue wolverine even said listen i know you have to make him live so that we can find some things out you actually you know you convince me of this but make him suffer anyway make him hurt the whole time. Well, the problem is you spell out again. Well, we have this one guy. We're going to have to nurse him back to health there, healer, because if we don't, we'll never find out anything about what went on, who was involved. What, and so they walk away, Sage and healer, talking about that. And then you see somebody come and end up just putting their hand. I wish it was a pillow so I could say it was chief doing it right but ends up putting a hand over and killing this assassin so they're not going to have anybody to talk to and that sucks and so that just shows you there's somebody on the inside there's somebody dealing with this on the inside and i have a theory but i'm not going to say it i just because if it is something that has been revealed in one of the issues later everybody will just think i'm faking the funk but i have a theory i'll see if i am correct in mine well you end up with a little bit then and there's a lot going on in this issue and a lot of stuff that i like because it seems as if ben percy is thinking things through when you end up having xavier die what are the repercussions what are the things that they're going to have to deal with while they're trying to resurrect them and one of them is the idea that the world knows the world has found out that xavier was assassinated and that would cause the problem of well, what's up with these treaties? What's up with Krakoa? I mean, this is in, you know, pretty much down the deal. 
that Xavier is the head of Mutant Inc. here, Krakoa Inc. And if you end up having the CEO go down, you're going to have a lot of the investors and things worrying about what the direction might be from there. So these nations are panicking. They are wondering, is the plan still on? Is it over? Is the dream over? What is the deal here? So you end up having Magneto would be the guy who would go off and talk about this. Now, the thing is, people seeing Magneto come, you might as well have Magneto and Apocalypse go out there and just start yelling because people are still going to freak out. No matter what Magneto would say, they're going, oh, no, it's Magneto. I'm done. Maybe I have to reevaluate this. And this is where you ended up having, again, last issue, them talking about the dream has to continue, but there might be some bumps here. Well, luckily for Magneto, luckily for the mutants, and luckily for the rest of humanity, uh, you end up having Magneto kind of start talking to the press. And then through the portal comes the newly resurrected sexy self of Charles Xavier. He's got the cerebral helmet on. He comes out. Hey, everybody, I'll speak for myself. Hey, everything's good. Hey, how are you? You looking good? Yeah, all right. He comes out in there. And and there is a, a smart little deal here that, again, shows me that Benjamin Percy's thinking things through and thinking ahead and, and coming up with some smart things where the press says, all right, well, we know you mutants. You guys have shapeshifters and mind controls. Like, how do we know it's you? And then Xavier says, well, how'd you know it was me before? I mean, you trusted me before and I could have been the same thing. So let's just go with it. You're going to have to believe me to believe me. Let's go on. Everything's fine. We're all together. Everything's good. And they go off. So you have that. And that was a pretty cool moment there. It really was. You go off then to go to domino wolverine kid omega kid omega is using his powers to at least lessen the pain a little with domino but he ends up saying your mind is mush your mind is scrambled she's like yeah i i'm dealing with it right now i'm well aware of that but they're trying to figure out all of what's going on you end up having domino say xavier sent me to investigate shell companies and I got involved in this anti-mutant politician nonsense. We, we were down. We had this big table. They wanted me to take a blood test. I, this guy with this peacock, freaking sleeve tattoos. What a jerk. And he ended up doing this. So they, at least they have clues. They, they know what they need to go off to. Unfortunately, the assassin that may have been able to be coerced into figuring out some things and telling some things, especially with all the mind readers and things on the island, is now dead. So that stinks. Well, they were going to go back to and say, okay, well, we're here at this factory. I mean, we got you out. We ended up getting Nemesis. We killed him. Maybe we should go back in and check out some, you know, things. Maybe we we could get some clues. And then the building blows up right there. Like, yeah, I don't think we're going to go. And it is funny, too, because you have a line there. And it's a nice little line to shift scenes. Where Domino's like, I don't think it's a good idea to go into the building. Why? Ba-boom! Lucky guess. And then you go off. It was a nice little line for Domino to have. You end up going where the the mutants and the main ones, Xavier. You end up having uh, Magneto, Jean Grey, Beast, Wolverine, Kid Omega, and Domino talking about what they had just been doing and things like that. You see that Domino is healing their things. And... They're trying to figure out what goes on. And it seems like Xavier is back and he wants some action. 
he wants to go and make sure this stuff ends up not happening. They have to figure out what this is, this attack, this threat, all of that. And he says, to me, my X-Force. And then you have, while that's going on, you have a narration from Mr. Peacock, who's pretty much talking about the time for humans to rise up is here. We got to take down all of this nonsense. Krakoa, all of this stuff says, just as the mutants have come together in Krakoa, the shadows have gathered here. And he has this big thing. And, and if you are a DC reader as well, it does remind me a lot of the Court of Owls is what it actually reminds me of. And he says, and here shadows gather. There is darkness. We are one and we are many. We are Zeno. So we end up with that. With seeing his all oh, his peacock tattoos plus his peacock the arm of his jacket that's all you have to do go find a tailor who has recently made a, a suit jacket with one arm being peacock feathers and then then you'll you'll solve the mystery but it says to be continued and it is it's a cool deal with a book like this that's been action packed it's been darker it's been you know things that aren't happening in say the new mutants even though you end up at the end kind of, but you end up with okay mutants hey x-force we're gonna go and we're gonna kick some butt while you see the xeno group gathering more and more and trying to you know do their own thing and it looks like you're gonna have east coast west coast rap war going on here real quick which i like and i like this issue i like the art I like the pacing of it. You jump back and forth. You have a lot of big things going on, especially the, you know, re-arrival, the resurrection of Charles Xavier. And that is huge. And I like the idea that you end up having Benjamin Percy have that. But we also have other things to deal with as well. I mentioned at the beginning, you end up having kind of a philosophical uh, talk between Beast and Jean Grey about this resurrection and is that good? You also end up with the the thing that it's funny too because reading this, I was less concerned about Xavier and more concerned of Domino, Kid Omega, and Wolverine, who I was really having fun with. Now I'll also point out that that might be be because what Beast was saying and, and all that about the resurrections, it is putting the stakes a little less on somebody dying where I'm more concerned of getting uh, my friends and the characters I like the heck out of a, a building that has a nemesis in it. But overall, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I'm really enjoying this. I do like this book. It's my favorite one of the lot so far. And that can change. Like I said, today my favorite kid is probably eh, maybe Rafe today. I have five kids, by the way, if you don't realize that. So I have I have the pick. I have to sit here and think about it. I have to remember their names. Maybe tomorrow Logan will be my favorite, right? It just goes back and forth. We'll see. But the next episode of the catch-up, I'll be talking about, and I'm going to really try to do three books next time, and it would be Fallen Angels 3, Marauders number 4, and Excalibur number 4. We're going to be skipping that X-Men number 4 until later going by the release schedule and the checklist that is at the back of each issue. So I will try to do those three as we're getting closer to new books. I want to get caught up. So I'm going to have to up the ante a little, and that's how I will do it by having a couple catch up episodes and maybe have three or four issues on each. Now that's the plan. We'll see if that goes through, but that's that. That's the end 
of this catch-up issue with just two issues, but I liked them enough. I really liked X-Force, and I liked, I, I did like the new mutants. It just didn't feel as big. So we'll go off from there. Again, you can go to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you. We have a website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, and we have a Patreon, Patreon.com slash Weird Science, where you can support us and get a bunch of shows. And as a parting deal, I will also say... If you go on the iTunes and want to give us a rating of any sort, that'd be great. I'm not going to force anybody. We don't have contests or things to do that. I would like you to just do it out of the kindness of your heart. And we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But thanks, everybody. And I'll talk to you later. Skin, it's sinking in. Doesn't seem real, but I always heal. I lose my mind, can be unkind. What I do best isn't very nice. Everything's going blank, I remember it all. I'm pretty hairy, not very tall. I didn't want this, not by my hand. The future is dark. Just a wasteland I really like Kitty Pride Wolverine Wolverine